0: For our shot Copy additional shots fired. Shots fired! Shots fired! Stop fired. Shooting at us! Shots Shooting
1: at officers! Okay, so Target breaks down. Is at the base of the stairs. White T-shirt, white male.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of
1: the Shots Fired podcast. I'm Mark Redlich, and I'm Kyle Showberg, guys. We are here still at the TacOps conference. What an amazing event. If you guys haven't been to or checked out the TACOPS conference, you got to do it. It's the best training in the nation, all SWAT tactical stuff related. Go over to SWATconference.org, check it out. There are three conferences a year. We are here in New York at a awesome venue in Verona. It is fantastic. The vendors here are awesome. The instructors are top notch. Um, There's going to be two more conferences this year in Nashville and Washington, DC. Mark and I will be at both. Uh, we've had the pleasure of teaching two classes here, as well as being able to bring the podcast uh, to the venue and get awesome instructors to be guests. And with that, we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg with us today. And Dr. Kathy, thank you for carving time out of your day to do this. You guys are incredibly busy here. Kathy teaches emotional intelligence and decision-making, specializing in law enforcement and the military, primarily special forces. And we're going to let you touch on all that. So we'll turn it over to you. Thank you for being here. This is awesome. Um, We've had sidebar conversations with you since we've been here, and I'm like thoroughly impressed with everything that you're doing. I've learned a ton from you just in talking to you today. Oh, thank you. go ahead and introduce yourself, give a little bit about your background, and uh, we'll kick it off from there.
0: Well, there's a lot people would like to know about me. My father worked for the mob. My mother was a stripper. (laughs) Yes, this is the truth. I'm giving you the open, honest truth. I like it. And so I've been on both sides of law enforcement in my life and uh, had a very interesting childhood. So my dad was, he was not a made man, for those of you who know the language, uh, but uh, big, big friend of law enforcement. Big uh, PLA, uh, PAL was the name of the the PAL Mm -hmm. organization my dad did a lot of work for. So he was always on the the side of the good guys. And um, yeah, I used to come home from high school and it was like a scene from American Hustle with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. It's like my mother was, you know, out there slinging pasta on <laughs> one side. You'd have, you know, all the law enforcement and the feds. And on the other side were, you know, my dad's friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from the hood. And, um, you know, I'd walk in the house and be, you know, hi, Kathy. I, hi, uncle lefty. Yeah. Uh, hi, uncle one eye. Uh, <laughs> hi, agent so-and-so. Hi, officer so-and-so. And, you know, so I grew up with a lot of respect for the community and I grew up with a lot of respect for law enforcement. And um, I didn't follow a path <laughs> in, into either of those communities yes. and became uh, a behavioral scientist. And so uh, it's been a wonderful journey. Uh, I am... In my second year of recovery from uh, breast cancer. And so I, I was here at TAC Ops in 2021. And actually it was walking out of TAC Ops in September of 2021 that I got my diagnosis. No kidding yeah and I had just finished a class and i I just was like, oh my gosh you know talk about coming yeah. through shots fired I was like that was a shot fired yeah. but, but yeah. I was glad that it you know it it wasn't uh, terminal so yeah. here I am yeah
1: congratulations wow. yeah, congrats. Yeah, congrats. thank you thank, thank you. you well we were talking before the show yeah your career has been like fascinating in the things that you've done and Mark and I were lucky enough to be on your guys's podcast uh, which we're gonna plug here and we, you were discussing, um, you know, what really you you focus a lot on military and first responders and trying to get cops and first or, uh, sorry, military folks, uh, special forces guys to be mentally prepared, to be able to handle and manage the situations that we deal with every day at work. And it's, you know, we talked like cops do not get any training on mental, mental health, Uh, you know, mental resiliency, um, emotional intelligence. We don't get any of that, you know, in the academy. I don't think we had, I think we had zero hours of that. Um, And in our career and being involved in, you know, critical incidents and all these things that we talked about, I have learned, and I know Mark, same thing. um, That is probably one of the most important things that you have to be able to know and to to be able to get through these situations not only physically but it's it's mentally um and for whatever reason we just we're not given that that training and so can you talk what primarily do you do and how all that kind of ties into decision-making for police officers and military?
0: Absolutely. First of all, it's an honor to be here. And thank you for letting me be uh, casual and and share really who I am. I find in my work talking about the E word, (laughs) and I'll tell you a funny story about that in a minute. I try to use a lot of humor in my life Mm -hmm. because I think if we're vulnerable and take ourselves with a dose of humor, uh, it makes life lot easier. I think some of us really take every day so seriously. And there seems to be a downslide in emotional intelligence. Studies just came out from sixseconds.org backslash biz. Go look at the report. Josh Friedman, real good guy, CEO of sixseconds.com, does this research every year. And the report is showing that we are losing emotional intelligence points since 2020. Mm. So for law enforcement, what does that mean? And then I'll get back to why it's important Mm -hmm. for law enforcement in the academy and in the training environments where you guys are educated. If a community of people where you are working, and this is a global report, this is not just, you know, an American, this is a global report. If we see emotional intelligence, let me define that, which is our ability to cope and manage our emotions in the moment. If that is degrading over a period of time and you are working in that environment, if you are not paying attention to your own messages, Emotional intelligence is the difference between life and death. Because if you are not knowing yourself better than you know anybody else, going into policing in a community, let alone being a tactical operator, going to a situation where you already know there are threats, whether it's to life or limb or the priority of life is already, you know, kind of being calibrated, you're already... Behind the eight ball. So you want to get into a position in training, whether it's coming out of the academy or in field training or a seasoned professional who's been at this for a long time. And now all of a sudden you're up for team leader or you're up for promotion to rank and really take that time to understand how emotional intelligence, the ability to cope and manage in any situation is going to impact you And your role does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, totally.
0: So, I just want to frame this. You've said that you're, you're, and you're correct that law enforcement is not getting as much emotional intelligence training as you need. Mm -hmm. But I want to, I want to send some props to my brothers and sisters in the industry. Back in twenty fourteen, even maybe before then, the TAC Ops organization. Mm -hmm that we are here blessed to be a part of, saw the need for getting their SWAT team leaders educated in emotional intelligence. They took the time to have me certify about eight folks and they're people whose names have, you know, pretty much been the leaders in this industry since I trained them and they're off doing this work and we see it everywhere now. We see it at the uh, the Navy Academy. We see it at FLETC. We see it uh, in so many agencies now. And I'm so proud of them. And I'm proud of those agencies that are, that are bringing it in. We just did a training at the National Innovation Academy uh, in Polk County. Um, just give a shout out here to our friends, uh, Captain Teresa Garcia and... Uh, the The sheriff there, who's pretty well known, uh, Grady Judd, yeah. and for bringing us in and doing a week-long program on this. And they had over nine states, including Alaska, represented in our class. And it was their inaugural class. But we've been teaching this around the country, For years and years, thanks to the officers who took the training, found value in it and said, now that they're in leadership roles in their organization, putting together the training budgets, being the sheriff or the undersheriff or the chief saying, I want this in my organization and I want you to come do it. So it's getting there. It's just taking us longer than we anticipated. But the time is now for us to take advantage of those opportunities.
1: So. Break it down for us. What, what exactly is it? And peel back the layers into our brain. Help yep. us understand how, how we are learning. How are we coping with these incidents that we're involved in? Um, and why is it important that we need to know this stuff?
0: So let me start with what it is. Let me frame it for our audience. Think of a clock, okay? So you've got the 12 o'clock hour, the three o'clock hour, the six o'clock hour, the nine o'clock hour. I hope the audience can can visualize this. And it's easy to look at a clock and then look at it as segments. There's five segments. So at the 12 o'clock hour is our self-perception, right? It's how we think about who we are. And if we're self-actualized, if we have good self-regard, we're pretty good. And that means our self-expression is consistent with how we're feeling. So the clock at 12, self-perception, a little bit more towards three o'clock, self-expression. You keep ticking, and if self-expression is accurate, then interpersonal skills, which is that third wedge heading down to the six o'clock hour, is humming. That's where your social responsibility as a law enforcement professional right? Where you live shows up. Mm -hmm. Service. I was talking to you guys earlier about service, right? You guys go way above and beyond what people need, but nobody sees that because the media is so focused on the negative. They can't wait for some negative behavior to show up so they can put it on camera, but they don't see the in-service stuff. They don't see the, the things that you do on a daily basis that make the difference in a life of somebody who might not have made it through that day, whether you're taking them to the hospital or taking them to a shelter or giving them food or giving them you know, whatever you have to give. So now that's that interpersonal piece. So moving past the six o'clock hour, if self-perception and self-expression and interpersonal are tracking, now decision-making is working beautifully. And that's between the six and nine o'clock hour. And that's key because that's where law enforcement lives. There's always gray space in policing Mm -hmm. and in tactical operators as well. Even though everybody says, hey, we're gonna follow these rules and there's a book of rules, there's gray space. So it's that decision-making, reality testing, problem solving, impulse control, all those things, right? That are gonna make something work or not work. And then the final aspect of the clock, the fifth piece between nine and midnight is stress tolerance. So if you understand how all of your self-perception, your expression, your interpersonal skills, and your decision-making is now feeding into your stress level, your level of optimism, your level of well-being, your level of tolerating the amount of stress you need to in a day, your life is going to be in a much better place than if your self-perception, meaning your Mm self-talk, is not tracking with your self-expression. So if you had a bad day and you're coming home to a loving family and you haven't had that time to detox on your way home, you're bringing that with you. You walk right in the house and that backpack of negativity is right there. And they just want to love you but they can't because you're not there emotionally, you're not there because that self-talk of what happened in your day is ruining your self-expression. Hmm. Now, in many instances, when we learn emotional intelligence, we learn to be in the moment and we learn when that self-expression is helping us or hurting us. Whether you're know you in a SWAT team, whether you're in a training situation, whether you're doing unity policing, You have to know that your self-perception and how you're expressing yourself is gonna impact that interpersonal relationship. And so just by knowing a language for those emotions, you're in a winning situation. And that's all we wanna do. We wanna teach you, if emotional intelligence is a target, in our book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Stressless, Fearless Life, and we got great examples of people who, who are doing this, If you can imagine that the bullseye is EB, that go-to emotion that makes you brilliant in any moment, that's all we're trying to share with you. That's the magic. And anything I can do to help elucidate that, uncover that, reveal that, and make it possible for other people to play with it, accept it, and use it, I'm here. Give it away. (laughs) Yeah. Take it. Um, it. It's my passion. And uh, I love the fact that law enforcement, now public safety is embracing it.
2: What is, you You do a lot of instructing and you have for a long time with, with the military and you integrated with actually the Navy SEALs with this education, but now you're coming to law enforcement. Specific law enforcement, what is a couple tools that you could provide that could maybe help?
0: First of all, you know, at Shots Fired, I, I give you guys... So many kudos for the word that you are putting out there, and I listen to your shows. And I, you know, sometimes I have to put them on pause and do something and come back because it's like I can't stop. You know,
2: it's like yeah. Kyle can't stop talking. So <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, I, maybe
0: Kyle and I share the same genes. Yeah. But <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that the the program is so timely. And we started doing the emotional intelligence work in our learning management system called ebguardians.com, Emotional Brilliance Academy. If you just go to Emotional Brilliance Academy and just click on the three little lines on the upper right of the screen, it'll bring you to the academy. And then you can go in there and look around and we have something called ebguardians.com and it's a lot of free stuff. And the reason I share that with you because when we think of the military and our working warriors who are out there uh, doing the jobs uh, that we are so grateful for, keeping our nation, if you will, safe, giving us the national freedoms we have every day, and then flipping the switch to the local, municipal, and national law enforcement agencies who take on that job as well on a daily basis. Now, you may get to go home at night, but... You put on a flak jacket, <laughs> yeah. you carry a gun and you go into harm's way with no plan for the day. The minute you get out of your car, the minute you get into your day, chaos ensues. Mm-hmm. And, and that to me, that takes a lot. So flipping the switch back to the military, both of you, right, military and public safety, do a lot of the same things. When I was working um, with the military uh, and it's not that I don't work work with them now, it's just that I'm actively so dedicated to public safety. That's just my focus right now. But um, in working with many arms of the military, one of them was Navy special warfare. And I was very fortunate to work with a series of captains and commanders who saw the value in bringing the emotional intelligence assessments that we, we use. Some are from multi-health systems. It's called the uh, EQI 2.0, certified tons of people in the use of the tool. We use tons of it all over the world. And I use tons because it's the easiest mm-hmm. <laughs> reference for me to use. I don't keep track. I'm not that person. I'm not a numbers person. But what we found unique about Navy Special Warfare, starting in around uh, 2014, was there are special skills in that wheel, the clock, self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal decision-making, and stress tolerance that you wanna look for in a special operator. And what are they? Well, it depends on what you're looking to achieve. So if somebody is an intel analyst, it's gonna be a different a series, a different grouping of those behaviors versus somebody who is uh, well, a special warfare combatant crewman or somebody who is going to be doing uh, interrogation or somebody who is a sniper and assaulter. So just because somebody makes it into the teams doesn't mean that everyone on that team has the same set of skills. Mm. And so knowing from the emotional intelligence assessment where those sweet spots are makes an operator better at what they're going to be doing and better prepared for also the handoff of that skill in the place and time where it needs to occur. Make sense?
1: It, it does. It's, it's kind of mind blowing because um, you were teaching seal team guys, guys who, I mean, that's, those are the top 2%, right? Like they're gaining obviously value out of that. And they are not going to be having you teach their guys at that level, this information, if it didn't work and if they didn't vet that out. So I guess my question would be what changes do you think that they got? Or what changes did you see when training these guys for this emotional intelligence, what, what was the benefit that they're getting out of it that you're now trying to pass on to law enforcement?
0: So when I was working with this, uh, this group of amazing human beings, um, and you know, it was all Naval special warfare. It wasn't just any group in particular. Mm -hmm. And I hesitate, you know, to use, um, particular teams, you know, because in, in my line of work, you will get blacklisted very quickly. So I, I am grateful that I've had a seat at the table and that I have been a part uh, of their training and, and helped many people who are you know, still in that organization and in leadership roles and those who've rolled out into the general population. What we learned in those exercises was the importance of a culture An emotional intelligence culture. You know, we were talking to one of the folks here that's a, 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 you know, a trainer, Mm -hmm. um, Eric Elts. And we were talking about range culture. And he was talking about, you know, when I'm teaching young guys, if I see a magazine on the ground, I'm not that guy who's going to say, don't touch that. You know, I'm going to be the guy that says, if it's safe, pick it up. And he calls that a culture of love. Right. You got to love everybody on the range and you got to make everybody feel welcome, not like an idiot. Mm -hmm. Well, every culture of a team has an emotional intelligence culture as well. And we call that maybe a group profile. So when you are a part of a team, regardless of whether your agency considers its counterpart right there's team A and team B and team C they're all counterparts within a an agency each one of those roles within that team within that group within that division within that task force has a culture and it's a unique set of emotional intelligence skills empathy what we might call impulse control we talked a little bit about reality testing and problem solving assertiveness self-regard self-actualization and recognizing that these are things that people need in order to do their job well there are components of emotional intelligence that make a good leader and there are components that make a great leader and what we see over and over again in the data is there are very minor points maybe five to ten points in these assessments that make for an unsuccessful leader versus a very successful leader. And they tend to be in two or three areas. Emotional self-awareness is one. Mm. So if that self-perception and self-expression is off, you're already behind the eight ball. You gotta, you gotta catch up with what people are seeing in order for them to respond to it accurately. Now, granted, all my, all my friends in the teams will say, empathy in the wrong place will get you killed. Agree. But once you have cleared a house and there are people remaining, unfortunately for some of us, they're on the floor, they've lost life and maybe that's a good thing in certain situations. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna judge that. But you also have loved ones that are left in that house. So now empathy wasn't necessary to get to that point. Yeah. Now you have to use empathy. You have to turn on the empathy to be able to get information from the people who are left to tell you who is on the floor, who's on the ground, who got out the door, and how might you be able to use that information to locate them, right? So you have to know when to turn these, as we say, emotional intelligence behaviors, tune them up or tune them down. And that's the gift of emotional intelligence is understanding that if you know, like I said, the emotional intelligence landscape using the clock and you can hone in on that bullseye, which is the emotional brilliance that we talk about, that go to emotion that gets you through any situation for you. Cause it, what's good for you, Kyle, isn't going to be necessarily good for Mark. Mm-hmm. And what's good for Mark isn't necessarily going to be good for the next person and the next person. If you know what those go-to emotions are, they will help you to tune up or tune down the rest of the emotional intelligence behaviors. That's the secret. That's the wonderful sauce that we want everybody to taste in the use of emotional intelligence. I want to,
2: You gave a ton of information, but one thing that I really keyed in on was the self-awareness. Can you talk a little more about that within law enforcement? Because I see it where individuals think they're doing something or this one direction, but really what others are seeing them is significantly different. Can you talk about what people, how to to help somebody maybe be more aware? I'm not sure. I mean, just self-awareness is is very interesting. Well,
0: one of the things that, that I do in a lot of our trainings and you know, I've been doing a lot of these trainings currently um, with guys who are former special operations guys from the teams. Um, I've been doing this training prior to that with individuals from law enforcement who have now gone off on their own. And uh, what I can tell you is by taking an assessment which is 133 questions, for example, with the EQI 2.0 online, takes you 20 minutes. It gives you a 21 page report and it's customized to you. So it's color coded for those five wedges of the clock. So you don't have to be a rocket science to read the report, right? You can see on a a chart, a histogram, where you are in any of those areas. You wanna be generally between 100 and 110, that's the norm. If you are in a leadership role, you want to be somewhere around 120. But the reality is when you can see it in a chart and now you have a language to apply to it, your self-perception now has a language. Mm. And so you can start to use the language. Oh, do I have self-regard? Is my self-regard lower than 100? Is it higher than 110? you see, you start using the language. So when your self-regard is generally on point, you're gonna be able to move emotionally through a conversation with normal eye contact and normal motion of, of the face, right? Smiling, turning your head, right? Using the gestures that we know are affect. When you are not in tune with that self-expression, because your self-perception is focused on some other conversation that you're having in your head. And imagine, you've just rolled up on scene. You see an officer who's already in a conflict with somebody you don't know, Mm -hmm. but you know enough about somebody in uniform to see that they're in a place that's not good, whatever not good is based on your training. And what are you gonna do when you roll up on scene? You're gonna activate the brain to do what you think is take care of a threat. Mm -hmm. When in fact, maybe the first thing to do once you get into that situation is evaluate with that officer what's going on before you get in to a situation where you are feeling the same threat and the same fear as opposed to coming in and trying to start being the, what I would call the thermostat. You don't want to be the thermometer. You don't want to go in there and go high or go low. You want to go in there now and be the thermostat because now you're helping the situation by creating an environment where people have an opportunity to rebalance as opposed to go escalate. You can now help deescalate. But you gotta have that consciousness and you gotta know how you're gonna respond and you have to understand what's going on. Now, if you get to a situation and you see that somebody is really in a a dire situation, of course, you have every right to behave the way you think is appropriate. But if you're just getting hijacked by the visual because the brain is using the optic nerve, I can see something going on and based on my experience, my body's gonna go into What? I'm either going to fight.
1: Yeah, fight, flight, or freeze. Right,
0: flee or freeze. So that's this is our opportunity to use emotional intelligence to learn how to be in the moment using that go-to behavior that helps you not escalate and hopefully to de-escalate, but not go to neutral, right, so you freeze. Mm -hmm. You want to know... And the way to do that is to practice, right? You have to practice scenarios and that's what we do. We do the same thing with emotional intelligence. You have to practice the scenarios using the language and recognizing what your body is telling you. What message is my heart palpitation giving me? What message is my chest tightening up or my mouth drying up or my feeling of tension in my head telling me? doesn't necessarily mean you have to act on it. You have to take whatever moment in time, now just it's seconds, it happens in seconds to make a judgment call on where your body is, what message your body is giving you before you take action.
1: I, yeah, I was just gonna ask you what, you kind of answered it, but like what what type of scenarios or what is it that we can do in law enforcement to set up trainings to condition your brain to manage that?
0: We have um, done different types of scenarios. I was re- really fortunate. Uh, I worked with some really smart folks uh, in um, in in Florida. We had some UFC professional athletes that I was working with in America Top Team who got together with some law enforcement professionals, uh, one of whom at the time was the training lead for SWAT. And he happened to be a a jujitsu master who was an Olympic athlete. So he he had a little bit of an advantage knowing how you could use UFC combatives, right? To help people get better at their job in law enforcement. And so we came up with the idea together to take the EQI assessment and put it on the front end of the training. So give everybody who's gonna go through this combatives training an emotional intelligence assessment. Well, now we get them in the classroom and the first two hours of the program is about their assessment, how to read it. We do a group profile report out. So you have to understand some of these assessments are treated like a HIPAA file, So you can't just give them to your boss and your boss just can't come to you and say, I want it. Mm-hmm. If you wanna share it with your boss, okay, that's fine. But the boss can't come to you and say, I demand that you share that assessment with me. You as a certified practitioner have to teach people that that is treated like a hippophile. Hmm. And that's how I operate. So if somebody has a report, it's their report. If you want them to share it, ask them to share it. If they don't want to share it, they don't have to. So you don't want to go into a classroom setting asking Mark to share his EQI with Kyle and Kyle will share his EQI with Mark. (laughs) If we're in a group setting and you want to give a group feedback, everybody gets their reports. And as I go through and as the practitioners go through the feedback, we're showing you what these things mean in a group setting. Then individuals can look at their reports and say, oh, okay, this is where I am. I understand. And each one of these reports gives you a personalized, if you will, evaluation that says, these are strategies that you Kyle can use to increase this. And you Mark may want to work on this, mm. right? It's very individualized. So the first two hours of the training are going through those reports. Individually, they're viewing their report, but as a group whole, we're going through it as a team. So now they know going into the combatives training if they're low on impulse control, what do they need to watch out for when they're on the mat? If they're low on problem solving, what do they need to watch out for on the mat? If they're high on empathy, what do they have to watch out for on the mat, right? Mm. So now you go in there knowing a list of languages around the behaviors that will become for you an identity related to a feeling that you have, because here's what emotions are. They are messages that your body creates from the spinal cord to the brain and to the heart. And so when the body produces a chemical, that chemical relates to the part of the body where that feeling is going to show up. And whether it's pain or pleasure, It starts and stops with the brain and the spinal cord. So if you're on a mat and you don't understand how your body's gonna respond, impulse control, empathy, assertiveness, you're not gonna pay attention to those things. And it may just be you think it's all muscle memory. It's not. Because the brain is gonna process pain and you're gonna respond to that pain because you don't recognize what that pain means to you cuz grabbing my hand right i have so many big barrel chested freedom fighters who I love who grab my hand and they don't know I have arthritis in my hand and I give them a handshake back but I walk away going oh my god that hurt right Mm -hmm. but in their brain they're just giving me the love you know Mm -hmm. and in my brain I'm like I don't want to shake hands with anybody anymore so what what's that emotional intelligence say about either one of us they're not considering that I might not have the hand strength they do and it's muscle memory for them Right? They're not even thinking. It's, well, a a strong handshake must mean this. A weak handshake must mean that. So we have to readjust our thoughts around the messages that pain or pleasure are creating for us and recognize that they will have an impact on our, what, perception, Mm -hmm. our expression, that interpersonal relationship we're creating, the decision-making as a result of that, and then the stress tolerance that we're gained Right. From that experience. does that does any of that make sense?
1: It, it does make sense. Um, I think you got to kind of visualize it a little bit as you're saying it. And then and then I'm relating it to to our job and how it would make an officer better out on the street and just making better decisions just based on all of that. Um, I mean, it, it is a lot, but uh, it's funny because like I've, this is the first I've ever heard of any, <laughs> any of this. And it's just so crazy to me because like we go out and do this every single day and nobody trains us for it. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say, it seems like an easy concept, but the training is there. Like it's the information's out there.
2: Um, it, is that assessment you talked about in an online assessment, is that accessible to anybody? Is that, or do we have, or is there,
0: there are, there are different levels of assessment. So let me really make this real simple. You can get assessments online from providers from very simple assessments that are about $25 to very complex assessments meaning the type of report out that you get is easy to read but it's you know pages of information that are calibrated to you that you know go anywhere to thousands of dollars so what you want to make sure of is that when you are looking for an assessment You're looking for one that's appropriate for the situation that you are trying to achieve. You know, I'll tell you a lot of people go out and buy a book called uh, Emotional Intelligence um, 2.0. And I, I appreciate why the book was written, but it confuses people because the assessment itself, while it's given to you by reading the book and taking the assessment, doesn't give you a coaching feedback. And I've had people who take that assessment and read the book and all they come back to me with is, I'm really not good at all these things. And that's not the message. The message isn't about what you're not good at. The message is about emotional intelligence will have a place in time, high or low. When we're stressed, we will either go higher or lower. If we have, let's say um, 110 on empathy, right? We're sitting here having a nice conversation, but there's a stress level that comes into the room. We're likely, if we're already high in emotional, you know, this emotional intelligence category called empathy to go higher, right? We're going to start taking care of each other and wanting things to be better. And right, because the stress is putting more pressure on us. If our empathy is low, let's say 70, even 80, and we get stressed, our empathy may go out the window hmm. because now it's, I don't have time for this, right? This, that short fuse you yeah. talk about. So if you know yourself, and I think Mark. Sen Suu.
2: <laughs> <File>, empathy, <laughs> or um, what was some of the other ones? Um,
0: Oh, impulse control, assertiveness. Listen, I've had to do a lot of work on myself over the years working with very smart military and law enforcement professionals uh, who, who are like, Kathy, you're just, you know this stuff so well and it's a lot harder than you think it is. But once you see it, once you read the report, right, it's it's pretty dummy down to the point where it's color-coded. And I say that with love. <laughs> you know, remember all those books that came out? You know, yeah. Facebook for Dummies, that was yeah. me. I was buying that book. <laughs> uh, but I just want people to understand, it's just a language. It's, you know, we work with Dave Grossman. I'm sure a lot of people know Dave. Um, you know, he is, he's moved into a, a new genre uh, on, um, you know, uh, wisdom and trust. Uh, but he... I. Honestly, you know, a lot of his work was the killology.com, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Warrior Mindset. And, and we love Dave for whatever he's teaching because he's just the number one trainer in yeah. our industry. And Dave, uh, you know, he loves my work and that's why, you know, we're, we're such good colleagues. What I'm trying to get across to people here is it's just learning a language about emotions. And emotions are just messages to ourselves. And if we learn how to read those messages to ourselves by understanding the language of feelings and what they mean to our body, we can use that information to help ourselves versus what we seem to be doing, which is crippling ourselves. Mm -hmm. So instead of having that negative message in our brains that keeps feeding everything else, that eventually is gonna increase our cortisol, give us heart disease, possible lung disease, liver disease, because that negative is also making us drink, eat foods we shouldn't eat, take drugs we shouldn't be taking, and live a lifestyle that isn't too healthy for us. And if we take more of the language of being on our side versus on our case, we increase our resilience we increase our well-being factors. And that's what I love about the MagnusWorks.com app, this well-being app that we've put together for law enforcement, because it's anonymous, right? You don't have to worry about going to anybody and asking for help. Emotional intelligence is so simple. It's just knowing yourself better than anyone else before you choose to learn about anybody else. Because some of us just become mirrors. Yeah. You ever see people date? You ever watch people in a bar Mm -hmm. and they meet for the first time and you see the guy put his hand through his hair and then you watch the gal and she puts her hand through her hair (laughs) and the guy picks up the drink and then the gal picks up the drink and then whatever he does, she does and whatever she does, he does. And it's it's like this beautiful swan dance that's going on. That's called mirroring. And when we mirror in a safe environment, it can become lovely. If we mirror in a toxic environment, we are in fact doing nothing more than passing on the toxic negativity that we have learned. So using emotional intelligence for physical training, for leadership training has ramifications. And we've been at this long enough to know that there's financials behind this. I've mentioned to both of you. We know from talking to leaders in law enforcement, you can literally save between 150 and 300 thousand dollars per person a year, just in the recruits that you bring in. Yeah. you get one bad recruit that you've invested academy. Oh, have got Polly, a panel, a psych eval, the academy a salary, Mm -hmm. benefits, field training. You're taking somebody else off the street to make them a better officer. Now they show up on site and they don't wanna get out of the car. And on top of that, now this person finally does get out of the car. They get past that one year point. Now they're two, three years into their career and all of a sudden they're getting promoted early Mm -hmm. and they're not even at rank. I mean, I'm talking about their experience really isn't at rank. And I've talked to a lot of training officers and leaders in law enforcement. And I ask them the simple question, what is your number one issue? And they will tell me recruiting, retention and turnover. And we know it costs two and a half times the person's salary who's walked out your door to replace them. And we also know that some organizations are working below the number of people they should even have in their agency. And they are taking anybody that comes in off the street. And it's it's a time for us in law enforcement, and I use me only as an advisor and an educator, to really pause and look at the evidence, the science mm-hmm. behind creating a law enforcement professional. And the dollars are going out the door with bad hiring, high turnover, people going someplace else because it's a better environment, they think. Mm Yeah,
2: they think.
0: And the reality is, if you would just use an emotional intelligence assessment as part of your recruiting process, you can do that for as little as $100 a person. That at least tells you, does this person match the group profile of our agency? Remember, right? I I started with that earlier. Because what works, here in Verona, New York, isn't going to work in New York City. Yeah. And what works in New York City isn't going to work in Philadelphia. And what works in Philadelphia is not going to work in Camden. Even though they're inner city organizations, doesn't mean you can interplay the officers. Mm-hmm. And in looking at many of the organizations where I've worked over the years, whether it's Kalispell, Montana, or you know Lakeland, Florida, there is a unique way for an agency to build its people within its community. And that's where the mirroring is the most important. If you're not mirroring the right people in the right part of your community, you have a mismatch and that's where you get escalation problems. So when you have somebody who's on the force, who has the emotional intelligence, the emotional brilliance, that go-to emotion knowledge, it it is unity in policing. It, it's people doing it together versus the dark, you know, and the light.
2: Yeah.
0: So I hope I'm making sense here.
1: No, you are. And you were about to say just a little bit ago, the, the soon say quote.
0: Well, I don't What's know right? it by heart and you know, I just love it because I paraphrase it all the time and, and it goes something like this. If you know yourself, then you'll be, you'll, you'll survive mm-hmm. pretty much anything. But if you don't, your enemy is more likely to win. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know yourself better than you know your enemy, Mm -hmm. you're eventually gonna get trapped. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important for us to understand that whether it's in a personal relationship with our loved ones, our kids, our teammates, or we're in a professional situation. You know, I've been on the receiving end. I have a brother, I love him dearly, and he knows I tell this story. And uh, he's had a, you know, a drug problem his whole life and he's fought it and he, you know, he wins the war a lot of the time, but sometimes he doesn't. And he tried to commit suicide in my home. uh, And I wasn't there at the time. Um, He was living there. uh, And I get a call from the neighbor, you know, that they've seen my brother's truck out front and he was unresponsive, meaning they'd go to the door and knock and nobody would answer. There were several other incidents that occurred, but I finally get a phone call from a neighbor who says, I think you need to come home. So I drive two hours to my home and I work with a lovely gentleman, Father Michael Mannion, Monsignor Michael Mannion, who is a chaplain for law enforcement, the FBI in the region where this is occurring. So I call Father and I say, hey, Father, I may need your help. I don't know what I'm going to walk into. So I get there and- A buddy of mine who's a neighbor, you know, comes with me and I've got my camera rolling on my phone because I just want to make sure that whatever I walk into, I have a video. So I walk in and we can't find him anywhere and the house is destroyed. It's just an ugly situation. And the long and short of it was he had hogtied himself so that if he moved Mm. in a particular position that he would obviously, you know, strangle himself. Well, lucky for him, the ropes had somehow separated when he was struggling. And while he was still on the ground, I was able to approach him, but he was so distraught. He was so under the influence of evil. He, he was not seeing straight and he tried to attack me. And of course, being in my business, I knew what to do. And we walked outside, we backed up and left him, walked up really backwards all the way out the door and waited for the police and the ambulance to come. And the reason I share this story is because it is so touching to me. I told the law enforcement professionals who I was and what I did. And the ambulance showed up and the officers are like, we got this, <laughs> we got this. And so we're in the house and these, these two law enforcement professionals and eventually two more came are just trying to counsel him And he is screaming at the top of his lungs, you know, just fucking kill me. Mm -hmm. Just fucking shoot me now. You know, he just wanted to die by police fire. Mm -hmm. And that was his goal. And these guys were talking him out of it, explaining, you know, why he needed to live and what was going to happen. And he was gone. He was just gone. My brother doesn't even remember any of this. And of course, I'm talking to him. And in the middle of this, I just have to tell you, there is a light of humor here. So I was working with the FBI at the time. And the assistant director who I was working for happens to call me on my cell phone in the middle of this. Can't make Uh this stuff up. And so my phone goes off and I see who it is and I don't want to ignore him. So I put him on speaker. But I right before I put him on speaker, I yelled out to four police officers an ambulance team and my brother said everybody be quiet (laughs) and everybody literally went absolutely silent and I pressed the button on the phone I said hello and he he said are you okay I was like yeah yeah I'm just in the middle of something can I call you back and he's like yeah no worries I'll be at the office the rest of the afternoon hung up and chaos ensued yet again honest to god can't make this up and so during that time The two officers had wrangled my brother to the sofa and they finally had him in handcuffs and the one guy had him, you know, kind of from behind the sofa with his arm around his neck, just keeping him settled Mm -hmm. so that the EMT could give him some ketamine. Mm -hmm. And within seconds, he snaps out of it and he looks at me and I'm sitting next to him on the sofa and he says, sis what's going on? You know, like he was just so dazed. And these law enforcement professionals were so nice. The one guy now released him and he's patting him on the shoulder. And he says, Fred, it's good. It's good. You know us, you know us. Of course he didn't know them, but they were trying to make him feel as normal as possible. Make me feel as normal as possible. And these guys could not have been more professional And they of course had to take him to the local hospital. And one stayed behind with me and took a full report and told me where my brother was. And these guys checked on me at least two or three times. I cannot tell you how many times I tell that story. And I tell it with so much love for those officers because had they not been in their right minds, given the behavior my brother was displaying, he could be dead.
1: That's what I, I was actually thinking that. That's what I was, you know, I was thinking- He
0: could be dead and he wanted to be dead. Yeah. So the emotional intelligence of those four men that showed up at my house and that EMT who showed up at my house saved his life and they changed my life. And I will forever be indebted and loyal to the public safety professionals that I now give this gift to. So if anybody needs any of this, Kathy at drkathygreenberg.com. It's drkathygreenberg.com. I am happy to help. And I wish that we could just give as much as we can away to as many people as we can.
1: Yeah, I, you know, in your brother's situation, you know, I was, I was sitting there thinking while you're telling that story, if you remove those officers from the situation, which sounded like they did a great job, Um, and I think they did because they had that empathy that we were talking about and you insert an, maybe a newer officer or an officer that lacks the empathy. I think the situation is probably going to have a different outcome. And I, I like to touch on empathy. In fact, it was on, it's on our PowerPoint. Um, the very first slide in in our class is leadership and, and on that it says empathy and the unfortunate thing is, is I think you, in law enforcement, we have to, we learn empathy through our experience and time on the job. And it took me a long time to learn that because nobody teaches you to have empathy in this job. You would just unfortunately just learn it on, on the go. And
0: But I think what, what empathy, so it is, but what empathy also leads to, which these officers demonstrated, and I'm sure you too have seen it professionally and you've seen it with people who've gone through a, a critical incident flexibility,
1: Mm -hmm. impulse
0: control, stress tolerance. And when, when these things all blend together, you can see them. So if you give somebody an assessment and they can see where they are on the scales, they know what to watch out for. And as I said, each report gives them strategies to improve in those areas, both personally and at work. And it will also tell them when they are low or high on something, how that might be impacting their ability to do their job or have good, healthy, whole relationships with people. Yeah. So it, this stuff is so attainable. <laughs> and like I said, you know, I, I am blessed to be working with academies like National Innovation Academy, South Florida Public Safety Leadership Academy, lots of professional police. Agencies, federal agencies that are using it because they recognize just like these guys did t- teaching combatives, that if you give people an understanding of how they're gonna possibly behave or respond in a situation, especially under pain, under threat, in fear, you got a much better chance of getting them through that scenario than if they don't understand what's gonna happen to them in that situation.
1: Gosh, would you recommend that if, if an officer was going to try to promote, do, would you recommend that they take a, that self-assessment test to, to start? I think everyone through? should. I think everyone Every should. I, no, could. I totally agree, I but I'm just, take it. I think where people are at right now, like if if I'm listening to this and I'm looking to promote to either sergeant, lieutenant, captain, whatever the rank is, I'm going to take that assessment now and see where I am.
0: And I, I giggled only because it's so funny because people will always default to, well, we have policy, right? We're not saying to not follow your policy. We're saying add this as an insider's view of what that person is going to contribute to your organization.
2: It's going to make you a better person. It's going to yeah. make you yeah. better Even everything. at home, outside of work also. All around makes you a better person.
0: Yes, and <laughs> and at NSW, to the point where we started this conversation, the, the person that was in charge there, uh, Wiz, I'll just refer to him as Wiz because I'm careful about throwing out first and last names. Um, he said, you know, we should do this stuff early and often and we don't do it enough. Mm-hmm. And as you know, in talking to Matthew Werner, my partner, um, who comes from that organization, you know, he, he always says, I wish I had this when I was coming up through the teams. And of course, he was a, a trainer, right, for the 2% of the organization yeah. that makes it into the, you know, that team. Yeah. And they really um, are grateful when they get to see what it looks like and they start adjusting. Because like Matthew says, you are a NASCAR going 180 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour on that track. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the right pit crew who understands every aspect of you mm-hmm you're gonna put them in the car with you and you're all gonna crash. And that's what emotional intelligence does. It breaks these behaviors down for you and the people that you have to work with Mm -hmm. and the people you go home to to love. And it makes you a better version of you. And it's so simple. I mean, it really, you can get it online. And like I Mm -hmm. said, you can spend any amount of money you want for it. I'm happy to give anybody who would like you know, a free mini assessment, just go to shots fired, ask for it and I'll give it to you guys and you can send awesome. it to anybody who wants
2: it. That's it cool. It's a s-
0: little six page thing. It's not the entire emotional intelligence assessment, but it's at least Something. an awareness tool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, okay. I think go, uh, go to our website, shots fired podcast, uh, dot org and sign up for our email list and then we'll send that out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this has been a
1: uh, really good information. I mean, we could probably sit here and talk forever about it, but, um, it seems so simple to me. Uh, it's unfortunate that this training isn't out there more. I'm really glad that you come to these conferences. There's a lot of guys that sign up for this, you know, conference that you're able to share this message with. And then, you know, putting it out there on our podcast, you guys do a podcast. Now let's can you tell everybody what that is?
0: Yeah, I'll just do it briefly only because we're doing a series of free webinars and we'd love for people to come and get more free, good stuff. Yeah.
1: Free. That's it's secure. free. You there, yeah. Free. I
0: try to do as much free stuff as I can. Uh, it's called Strategies for Turbulent Times, a plan for the unknown with Matthew Werner and myself, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. It's on, it will be on your favorite podcast after May 12th. We launched May 12th. Okay. One of the things that people should know is I've had a podcast for 17 years on the World Talk Radio Network. It's called Leadership Development News. And if you are a coach, trainer, a negotiator, somebody who's an administrator with in public safety, you may wanna go and listen to that show because it's all about how to use coaching and emotional intelligence tools. But the webinars, please, please make sure that anybody who listens to your radio show knows that June, July, August, September, The third Thursday of every month at noon, we are doing a free webinar. There are different topics for each one of those webinars, but they're all around emotional intelligence from recognizing your stress to understanding diet and exercise is not enough. We'll talk about all the well-being aspects of the Magnusworks.com well-being app, and we just want everybody to get better and become emotionally brilliant because they're already great people and they just need to know how to take it up a level so that they're the best version of who they want to be, not who others want them to be.
1: That's really cool. Well, thank you for, I'm really glad that we connected with you. Um, I've learned a lot from you today and talking to you and interacting with you and Matt, you guys have been really awesome. And you guys have shown us a lot of um, respect and in hospitality. So, you know, Mark and I appreciate it.
0: Well, I hope it. we show you the love. Cause that's my big thing. You yeah. know, we don't, we don't do enough love in this business.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. And cops, you know, type a, <laughs> uh, you, you know how it is. Um, now we really do appreciate it. And thank you for having us on your, on your podcast. We're looking forward for that to come out. So we'll put all those links in the description of our show. Um, anywhere else that people can find you um, we can put in there.
0: Yeah. commandcollege.com. Uh, National Command and Staff College and of course ebguardians.com and if I were you I would put the whole http colon backslash backslash ebguardians.com because we've had a little problem with somebody else sending us to some sneaker company but oh, really? uh, <laughs> listen whether you want to wear the sneakers and become EI or you want to <laughs> really just come and get the goods for EI uh, we're, we're good either way
1: <laughs> yeah, you're awesome thank you for coming uh, yeah totally Are you open to if if departments or they want to reach out to you and go have you teach at their departments? Absolutely. Like I said, we
0: we do a whole five day leadership training, uh, and we start with an emotional intelligence assessment, and then we do leadership, change management, peak performance, mindset, bias, de escalation. So we we put all the love into five days, and every day is an assessment. And every day is an opportunity for us to reflect and look at who we are and recognize that we are everything that we need to be. We have the choice to be better.
1: Okay. Excellent. Well, you guys heard it there. So thanks again for uh, carving out the time. Can't wait to spend more time with you after this. Uh,
2: Mark, you got anything else? Yeah. Kat, thank you. We've spent quite a bit of time with you in the last three days. It has definitely enriched our lives. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you. And I I really do love you guys. You've, you've given back to me as well. And uh, I love being on this journey with you. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we will uh, catch you guys on the next show. So stay safe and uh, be smart. See ya.